Today, I'm sharing a conversation with Fundi Zimande. Fundi is an activist for women's rights, gender equality, and socioeconomic justice. Having had her own experience with injustice as a female born in South Africa in the 60s, she's going to share about how she experienced the harsh reality of gender injustice at a young age and was taught to not draw attention to herself. But over time, she learned to speak out and those early experiences have led her to become a fierce champion for women and gender equality. It's an inspiring conversation, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Inspired Way, stories of everyday heroines, real life inspiration. I'm your host, transformational coach and connection catalyst, CJ Rivard. Join me weekly to hear real-life inspiration and tips for tackling your life's challenges. Each week, you'll hear from a relatable woman who shares about her struggles and the tools she used to work through them. By being women of courageous action, vision, and ongoing evolution, each of us can create a ripple of positive impact, and together, we'll create a wave of change. Join us. Okay, here we are. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited you're tuning in today, and I get to introduce you to my friend Fundi Zamande. How'd I do? I've been practicing that. It was close. (laughs) Fundi, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, CJ, for including me in your panel of women activists. It's so awesome. So tell us where you are calling in from today. Oh, I'm calling in. uh, I've joined in from South Africa. I'm right now in my living room in Campton Park, which is just outside Joburg or outside the the international airport. Okay. So, yeah, I love how we can talk to people globally with the internet. But sometimes the time zones can mess with us. So (laughs) I want to give you a double thank you for hanging in there with me today so we could connect because we had a little glitch in our time zones. So everyone heard a little bit about you in the intro, but what else would you like to share to just help get to know you a little bit? Besides your work, what can you tell us about you? Oh, yes. I like to read. It's just a a passion of mine. Reading. It's like... I cannot fall asleep without reading something on my Kindle. Yeah, that is like my passion. And I guess that's why I ended up being a writer, reading so many words written by others, sort of inspired me to write. That makes sense. Is there a particular genre you go to or do you read all kinds? Oh, I read all kinds. But these days, I like to read Don't Laugh Now romance novels <laughs> because I think you know life is just too serious and yeah you know with the COVID with the GBV with all these things that are going on so to just distress and get away yeah I read romance novels because they only end happily and yeah. then we love a happy story Well, thank you for sharing that. There is, you know, nothing wrong with something that just, because we can read to learn, 
but then it's really fun to read just to be entertained and enjoy. Yeah. So that's great. You make time for that. Very yeah. good. The other thing I love a lot is uh, I like to watch comedy on TV. That's my favorite genre. And almost always watching uh, Comedy Central. <laughs> oh, they yeah. are good. Laugh laugh. It is good to laugh. I agree. We have that in common. So do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share to get us started and why you like it? Oh, my favorite quotes. Yes, it's a, it's a quote by Nelson Mandela, which says, there is no passion to be found playing small. In settling for a life that's less than the one you are capable of living. That's my favorite quote, but I believe most of the things or most of the quotes that they are shared I mean, on Goldcast, I love, I love them all. <laughs> of the things that yeah. people have selected from his speeches and so on. That is a good one. I love that. The, we don't need to be playing small, but boy, that's really what this is all about. We want to encourage everyone not to play small because we are each powerful and made for more. That's a great one. Thank you for starting us off with that. So you have a great story to share, and I think it starts probably when you're a teenager. Just take us back as far back as you need to go to the beginning of your awareness and passion for activism around supporting women or gender inequality and, and whatnot. Although I may have started in my activism with women's organizations and uh, women's uh, groups on campus uh, when I was at university, I think that the real underlying thing that drove me to women's activism and trying to build women's power, woman that as we call it in South Africa, was the fact that I was molested as a child. So I realized that I started thinking a lot about the women's position, the women's condition, you know, the women's plight in life. And I must say that when I looked at all these things, I realized that women actually, it's true, women hold up the sky. That's what we say in Africa. Women, women what? Hold, I'm sorry. Hold up the sky. They hold up the sky. Women have got so much strength, but most of the time, uh, time is spent on trying to pull them down, to chip away at their ability, at their ideas, at the things they do. To the extent that most of the time, we believe that as women, we are less than. But in truth, none of the things that are happening could be happening without women. For, sure. uh, for example, this whole thing about the household. The household depends on women. Uh, it's only in recent, like maybe the last decade or two, that you see some men doing more in the household. With just that, I think you do get a sense that if women didn't play their role, Mm -hmm. the whole thing, the whole system will collapse. 
would collapse. Yeah. So I think uh, when I became involved in the student politics, that's when now I started to develop my ideas because I was reading a lot. I was learning a lot on campus uh, to look at how people analyze the position of women, the condition of women, the status of women, and what are the ideas that are being suggested for changing mm-hmm. all of that for the better in terms of uh, women. So that's when I started now getting ideas from other people, meeting people from all over the world as well, talking about these things. And then when I graduated, I became a teacher and I was a a leader of the union. I'm very proud of the work that I did there because I was the first vice president to come up with a budget and a program for gender equality in the gender programs, Uh learning what is gender, Uh all of those things. And then gender, uh, developing the policy in the union, gender policy, and the child care policy, because we were saying, well, the reason women are not participating in the unions because of uh, child care responsibilities and so on. So we also developed the child care policy. In 1996, we also developed the HIV and AIDS policy because as a vice president for gender, I thought that the whole HIV AIDS issue is a gender issue amongst other things, not just a health issue, but a gender issue. So yeah, I have been active yeah, for a very long time. So there's a lot of stories to tell. I need you to regulate me. <laughs> Well, I have a question because earlier we were talking about how you felt from an early age, probably globally, but certainly where you grew up, women's voices were just taught. You were talking about how you felt like you had to quiet yourself or not speak your truth. Can you? um, Yeah. I felt that way. My great grandmother, she always used to say to me, so forward. And I was such a first threat. And I think when I became a teenager, I then became very quiet and drunk, which is not my nature. Mm-hmm. But I think that is when I was beginning to feel the pain of the things that I experienced as a very small child. You know? I was very withdrawn. I didn't, I wasn't myself, I'll say. And I think that stayed with me until I got to my 30s. That's when I really liberated myself. I think that's so common for women, not just to have experienced abuse, but bullying or any kind of anything where you don't want to draw attention to yourself, that we frequently minimize our voice, I guess. So how did you come out of that? Was it just time and confidence or how did you learn to speak up a little more? I think that when I go to the teenage stage. Uh-huh. I was uh, very mean with this quietness, you know. I was very mean. And 
when somebody did uh, something to me, I always took it uh, so personally, and I think I exaggerated. Like if somebody does something that is not nice to me, I would be more mean than them. I was good at that. Mm. But now I see I was dealing with a lot of issues because I never went for counseling. I never told anyone in my family what I experienced. I was living with it on my own. So I think those things sort of worked on me. I was not free. Mm -hmm. I was very angry. I was a very angry person for a very long time. Yeah. So I find that when I started being active, I would only be happy with like the closest people, like be happy and laugh and whatever. But most people probably thought I was standoffish and I think they would be right. But that is not the person that I am. But it's just those experiences. (laughs) I was just laughing to myself because I heard that about myself in high school and I was shy. (laughs) You know, I think shy women get uh, accused of that a lot, but, and it's nothing to laugh about. It's painful at the time, but you know, if you're shy, not everyone puts themselves in that situation and thinks about why you're not talking, they internalize it and take it personally or whatever. That's uh, common, taking it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the getting out of it, I really feel that I told myself that I was a free spirit as a child. And all of this feedback was getting to me that I must modulate, I must manage myself, Mm -hmm. all of it. And I said, no, I want to be the person that God created me to be. That's when I started. Even because I think that even in meetings, I was not as open about my point of view. You know, people would have to say, hey, Fundi, what do you say? And I would say what I think earlier in my life of activism. But then I liberated myself in my process. And I started to be more open about my views, yes, and began to write as well a little bit articles uh, about climate change, about tax justice, uh, articles here and there, gender equality, women in leadership. That's when I said. Do you think being more confident in sharing your voice or starting to lean into who you really were and being you, was there anything, like how did that relate to people around you? I don't want to, because sometimes I feel like we're quiet because we're worried about what other people might think of our views when we speak up. Was that part of it that you worked through? Finding your voice, or was it just? Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, it was part of it. And you know, in the student movement, it was worse because they would actually make fun of you if you make a statement and maybe it's not politically correct or whatever. They would make fun of you. So that also yeah. uh, affected me. They didn't 
They had no kindness. There was no kindness. But I think because we are young, we don't know anything about emotional intelligence right. and things like that. So, yeah. But, yeah, it did. I did think about it. But if I have to say something, it must be so well thought out in all kinds of things. Yeah. Or you'll get critiqued. Got it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, I'm sure that's still the case. You will get critiqued if people don't agree with you, but your viewpoint's not going to get out there either if you have to keep it to yourself. The difference but, now is that I really don't care what you think. I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. So that is the liberation that I have. I share, of course, I try to look, uh, balance my view, or at least look at what other people mm-hmm. are thinking. You understand? But I really don't care if you, for example, I myself like to, whenever I'm in places, I do like to talk about my faith, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't care how people receive that. If that's me. Yeah. There you go. Speak your truth. That's great. I think if anyone listening came away with one thing from this, I think working through not worrying about other people's judgment is so liberating. If you're trying to find your voice, share your voice, make any kind of an impact in lives of people around you, you can't get caught up in caring about what other people think because you're never going to agree with everybody or they're never going to all agree with you. I think that's or always agree with you. Yeah, right. Because yeah. for me, there's only one food. I've uh, internalized it, but I learned it later in my life. But now I've internalized it. That if I am not doing things that resonate with me, then what am I doing? Yeah. So that is now my motto, that there's only one food and the only one who can bring what I've got. So let me bring it. Let me be as honest as possible without hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, Boy, think about what this world could be like if everyone found that confidence or that state of mind to be able to do that. Because I think everybody listening has big impact they could make in people around them if they don't let the fears get in the way and other people's judgment. That's amazing. So glad you found your way through that. (laughs) I always think of Lady Smith, Black Mambazo. And there is a South African a cappella group, they've won four Grammys. And I thought to myself, these people sing in Zulu, but uh, okay, some few songs in English, but they've won four Grammys uh-huh. uh, because they were themselves. So they are like my standard for being. People will appreciate you because you are you, you are bringing that special you into whatever we are trying that's right the only one you i love it so tell us a little bit about what you do now to speak out or share your voice with the world what are you up to oh well i still write 
articles now and then. I also have a few articles that I've written on LinkedIn. You can check on LinkedIn. You'll find some of my articles there. And I write, you know, for media, for social media. I even have a newsletter. <laughs> I've just started that. And then I consult because of my education background. Now I'm sometimes called in to provide education programs for NGOs and other non-profit mm-hmm. institutions. I believe that what I have learned, mm-hmm. I cannot keep to myself. I must share yeah. it. Yeah. And I know you've written a book. Don't you have a book on Amazon? And It's a book on <laughs> leadership and gender. So I said leading like a woman because I want to put lead and woman Absolutely. in the same. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to advocate for women leadership. So yeah. I do that by showing how effective, impactful women lead. I use research mm-hmm. uh, like uh, McKinsey and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Harvard Business Review, I've used uh, some of their research. And also my experience observing was I had when I was very young, you know, just coming into the union, I heard that women are bad leaders. So I believed it because when people say things to me, mm-hmm. I tend to believe them until I can prove otherwise. But I can say that 53 years in this planet has taught me that when people say things and then they share figures and, and stats, you must go and research that to be sure that it's what they say it is. Okay. So I then observed women are, are great leaders. Because my first uh, manager, he didn't even want me to say something in the meeting. When I would raise my hand in the meeting to speak, he would ignore me until I say, but I've had my hand up, you know. So I thought that was chaotic in the meeting. And then when I worked for the first time with the woman leader, I found it to be so supportive. She was so encouraging. I was like, well, this is not what I have been told about women leaders. Yeah. So then I began to study and study and study for a very long time. Just to look, women are very creative. They are not, uh, they tend not to be bureaucrats. You know, bureaucracy is favored by men, hmm. but women, they find creative ways of doing, hearing people, listening to people. For example, with bureaucratic structures, as earlier, but you should have put this on the agenda. It's not on the agenda. We're not going to discuss it now. But with women, you find it. Uh, you can see it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot uh, that I've written in the book yeah. about the good that women do in leadership. So uh, I, the world would be such a better place if women ran everything. At nothing against men. I love men if they embraced more of the feminine qualities or when they do, they can be better leaders too, but it really is the feminine side of all of us that is encouraging, empowering, intuitive, that makes us better leaders. I bought into that a long time ago. 
I agree. That's awesome. Totally. Even profits for the profit guys. You make more profits when you put women in leadership, in management, in governance, you make more profit. <laughs> awesome. All right. So there's any men listening? Listen up. Listen up. So, well, Fundi, thank you so much for sharing so many words of wisdom with us today. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like people to take home or do you think we covered the important parts already? I think we covered uh, important parts. I just want to emphasize, if you want um, to be a contributor in this life and not just a consumer, I think you need to develop yourself and read a lot, study and things like self-help books, things like biographies, autobiographies, because from other people's lives, you work out how you can take one or two things that you can add to yourself. You must put value in yourself in order to be able to impart value uh, anywhere else. I just wanted to say, if people want to buy my book, they can email me. At, because this is a self-published yeah. book. There's no publisher. There's no distributor. I'm everything. I'm the marketer. <laughs> so Got you it. can email me at leading like a woman. Leading like a woman at gmail.com. Lovely. Thank One you. Way. I was thinking I already asked where people could connect, but we'll include that in the show notes as well. So nobody will miss it. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you being here and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks. Bye everybody. If you're committed to embracing change or you'd like to be and your continuous evolution, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and join our email list for even more value. You'll find a link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm looking forward to sharing with you on the next episode. Make it a great day.